We're live at the House of Blues next door to Fenway Park. It is Red Sox opening day, Mutt and Lou, 93.7 WEI. We start with the hockey. Bruins up one nothing in their series against the Capitals. And Barry Peterson of Nesson, I watched him last night on TV, and he's always great to break these day- games down. He joins us on the AT&T hotline. And, Barry, I'll start with the Capitals question because what surprised me was just how physical the Capitals played. I wasn't sure that was going to be their style they could withstand it, but, boy, physical effort last night by Washington. Yeah, it really was. I think their top two lines uh, have some elements in that. But I think on the flip side of that, boy, uh, if we were if we had any doubt that Seidenberg was going to take his game to the, to the same level it was at last year in the playoffs, man, did he ever show that. Uh, he and Char, I thought, did a tremendous job on the Ovechkin line. Of course, they had the advantage of having Bergeron's uh, line out there as well. And then Krejci's line did a good job against uh, Backstrom and Semin. The Bruins were very solid uh, physically, uh, defensively. I thought they were tremendous. Uh, the game I didn't think should have been as close as it was. I thought in the second period in particular, uh, the Bruins on the power play, they had four and a half minutes to start the second period in the power play, and then they had that four-on-three, a full two minutes. And to me, that's where that game should have been put out of, uh, out of reach for Washington. I mean, they only had seven shots against after two periods. The Bruins let them hang around, and then they needed Tim Thomas to kind of uh, hold the fort for him in that third period. Listen, I'm sure the Capitals will sell this as, you know, 0-0, we get to overtime, we did everything we, we needed to do, we could have got one lucky bounce. But to me, Barry, I don't know if they can keep that style up. And you tell me, I mean, this is what the Bruins want, right? Grind this thing out, play that physical style. Washington, to me, did exactly what they wanted the last night and came out with the loss. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they wanted to keep it close, but I think it was more of the Bruins, to me, just not being as nearly as proficient, A, on the power play on the offensive side of things as they need to be. The Bruins' strength is, uh, as we all know, is their defensive game led by Thomas and Chara and Seidenberg and the physicality that they bring. If Washington wants to play that way, that, to me, is playing right into the Bruins' mm-hmm. hands. And when you see a player like Ovechkin taking, trying to take a run at Seidenberg and uh, Chara, you can just see that pairing just licking their chops, saying, come on, bring it on. If we can get you off that offensive game and get you to thinking about playing physical, that's an advantage to us. Yeah, I would think the same thing. I mean, Alex Ovechkin is a big dude. I mean, what is he, 230? Yeah. And, he, and he, listen, he plays like it, but I would almost rather have him play that Milan Lucic style than that sniper style. That's fine with me. I mean, can, will this guy get worn down, or is that just him? No, I think he can get worn down a little bit, especially against playing against that, uh, the pairing of Seidenberg and Chara. I think the one thing that I've seen in his game the last few games that we also say saw in the Olympics uh, the last time around, and it's kind of odd, when we thought about the Russians when they came over, you know, early on in the 80s and the 90s, it was all about this uh, five-man concept, right? Now, to me, if they have a, a negative part of their game, it's almost like when Ovechkin gets the puck, he's going to go one-on-one, one-on-one. Well, you know what? You're not going to beat Char and Seidenberg one-on-one. You need to be playing a team game. You need to dump it in, get a four-checking game going, take what they, the pairing will give you. Do not try and beat those two guys because you can forget about it. They're just too good. So I think he has to get back to using his line mates a little bit. The key to me to, to also away from that was the most fear, fearful element of Washington to me was Backstrom. He started to show some signs the last couple of games of getting things back, coming back from that concussion. They really missed him. I thought uh, he got Semin going a little bit last night. I thought that's the best I've seen Semin look uh, in a while. He was very involved physically, and when he gets involved, he can be a sniper. He's been very inconsistent without Backstrom. 
So as long as Krejci's line can control him, I'd, I'd really like the Bruins' chances. Uh, Barry Peterson of Nesson joining us. Give me a hit on the power play. You mentioned how much it struggled there in the second period. They had like six minutes, Barry, oh, yeah. where they couldn't score. Then they had the 90-second power play on four-on-three. I was a little bit surprised about Sagan not being out there with all that space on the ice. He's the guy I want to see on that four-on-three. Was it uh, was it a breakdown in terms of the setup for that thing? Was it guys not making plays? Why did the power play fail so much there in the second period? Well, I just thought, especially in that four-on-three, four I, I think he, he couldn't get uh, Sagan out there as fast as he wanted to. I think, I think he was in the latter part of that shift before the penalty was called. So um, they were just way too stationary. When you watch the replays of it, you can just see they're all standing at, if you envision a box, they're at each corner of the box with the three Washington defenders allowed to collapse, and nobody Hmm. was in a scoring position. So Washington just said, hey, keep the puck on the outside. That's fine. Our goaltender can see it. There's no traffic in front. Uh, There's nobody who's a direct threat to us. I just thought they got way too stationary. When the Bruins' power play looked a little bit better that uh, latter part of the season into the final month, they were moving around, especially if I remember Peverly on the point in the power play was very active. They were dropping down. Seidenberg would be dropping down and, and getting involved and not just staying stationary, moving the puck to the point. Because one of the things I was very impressed with with Washington, especially in the first two periods, they were blocking a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. So for the Bruins to be successful, they're going to have to get those shots through. They're going to have to get their defense involved a little bit more by pinching and by being active in the offensive zone. You know, that power play, obviously you want to put the puck in the back of the net, but we saw it too many times last year there was a momentum swing for the yeah. other team. I mean, is, is, it, is that the most important thing? I mean, other than obviously putting a puck in the net, but if they have a good power play and it doesn't change momentum, that's what they got to stay away from. Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, you'll hear Brick talk about that all the time. That's one of the things that, you know, when you're playing the game, you realize you're sitting on that bench. It's one thing to not have a very successful four-on-three or, or to have, a, a say, a successful four-on-three where you keep that momentum, to your point, Lou. But when you do not have a four-on-three mm-hmm. uh, like they had, now all of a sudden that momentum, momentum that – the Bruins had going. You had an opportunity to just put Washington away in that second period and say game over. Now all of a sudden you start to lose the momentum after that four-on-three unsuccessful power play, and that carried right over into the third period, and Washington took control of that third period. The Bruins looked a little bit lethargic. I thought they made some bad turnovers, some bad decisions of not getting the puck in deep, and uh, the transition game hurt them a little bit. The the ice seemed uh, pretty poor last night as well. The Mm. puck was bouncing around. That's also going to hurt your power play. But I think uh, the most exciting part for me as a Bruins fan is that the Bruins did not play their best game mm-hmm. and showed you that they can still win this series. Uh, more Halpy played a great game. Barry, the Bruins yeah. didn't get enough opportunities and, and good shot opportunities on him over the course of 60 minutes and overtime. I thought they had some good opportunities. I just don't think they got enough traffic in front of them. Uh, you know, coming in, you just don't know how a young 22-year-old is going to uh, – to handle the pressure, but I thought he really handled it well. He looked very comfortable early on, and to me, when you allow a goalie to look that comfortable, it's because he's seeing the puck. Right now, mm-hmm. with the way the uh, goaltending is so strong in the National Hockey League, if you're not going to get traffic in front, if you're not going to make a goaltender look around and feel uncomfortable and feel that pressure around him, knowing that he has to control a rebound, not only make the save, these guys are just too good. And I thought Holpe really came in and showed a lot of... Uh, a lot of poise for a young goaltender, supposedly the third stringer with uh, Neuvert and Vacone out. You could also see after that uh, Kelly overtime goal, you could see the veterans of Washington go to him immediately and say, hey, you played a great game. We just did, you gave us a chance to win. That's what we're looking for from you. Uh, I also think that Kelly goal was maybe deflected by Weidman. You could see mm-hmm. his reaction a little bit uh, 
uh, by Holpe. He looked like it just kind of changed direction a little bit on him. But uh, it's Washington uh, struggled last night, uh, tried to create some offense. It certainly wasn't because young Braden Holpe didn't do his job. Yes, yeah, I think they early on they wanted to throw a lot of shots on him, but I think they might have actually backfired a little bit and gained some confidence because, like you said, there wasn't much traffic. He got to see a lot. He gained some confidence, but how does he react now? I mean, you walk into overtime, you got some time to think about it. You know, you lose that game. How does he come back? Is that something that, uh, that could hurt him? Well, I, I, I think in order for him to be unsuccessful, the Bruins are going to have to change their game a little bit. Uh, I, I would think that if they gave him as much time and space in front as they did, he's still going to be successful. I think he seems to be very confident uh, for a young goaltender. And, and to me, one of the things I want to see a lot more of is not only what we talked about in the power play, but I want to see the Bruins dump the puck in more and take advantage of that Washington defense. They're banged up back there pretty good. Mike Green is not himself right now. I think Dennis Weidman, you can take the body on him to make sure that they don't get involved in the transition. Make them turn around and go back and get the puck. And guess what? When they go back and get that puck, they're going to be looking for the likes of Lucic and Marshawn coming down on them. That is when the Bruins are playing their game. I thought too many times the Bruins, I can close my eyes right now and think of Brad Marshawn going down that left wing a couple times. Instead of chipping it by, guys, getting it in deep, getting the your, your forechecking game going, he tried to beat guys one-on-one. They had too many turnovers at the blue line. When he's effective, when Lucic is effective, when they're creating that offense, they're getting it in deep, they're putting pressure on the opponent's defense, and they're cycling that puck, and that's what they have to get back to. Uh, Barry, it's going to be a lot of fun. Game one of the books. Your coverage on Nesson last night with uh, Dale and Gord and everybody else was absolutely tremendous. Look forward to it throughout the course of the Stanley Cup and enjoy game two on Saturday. Well, thanks, guys. And I'll tell you one thing. This is by far and away the best uh, time of the season, isn't it? Oh, oh, nothing like well, playoff well, hockey. You, you better have a good ticker to deal with some of the stuff as a fan, though, Barry, because the heart skips a few beats watching some of these Stanley Cup final games. Yeah, that it does. Hey, Lou, I guess it's for you being back. Was that the house that you bet that built that house of blues? <laughs> no, that was the one across the street. That was Fenway, Barry. Oh, I, okay, yeah. I well, built that I, place. I, I thought that that House of Blues was connected to Fenway. I wasn't sure of that. <laughs> at, one, at one in five, Barry, it might be. We appreciate uh, it as well. It's always. the House of Blues. Yeah, okay. That, that makes more sense now. <laughs> he is the best. Barry Peterson, who was uh, awesome on the Nesson, breaking down the games uh, in between the periods and before and afterwards. And when he talks hockey with us, he wants he more soft dumps. Makes you feel smarter. Uh, he makes, makes Listening to Barry talk hockey makes you feel uh, better, like it is playoff season. I, I, want, is. I wanted to hear it. I wanted to hear it. They need more soft dumps. That's the phrase I loved last year during the whole run. Dump the puck in there and go get it. Soft dumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are live here at the House of Blues thanks to our great friends at Budweiser. They're helping you celebrate opening day here at Fenway Park. You're looking for a spot I'm friends to, with Budweiser. To get to, I'm very good friends. I can be friends yeah. right now during the break if they want to be friendly <laughs> uh, with Budweiser. Wolfie won't care. It's going to be noon somewhere. Uh Come on down, not only because it's a great place to hang out with Budweiser and get ready for opening day. They just handed us one, two, three, four pair of Red Sox tickets for this weekend. And these are good seats. You look at the, that's not one of the cheapies there, right? That, that dollar amount, that's a good seat. Oh, those are good ones. These are good seats. I mean, you can yell at players uh, from your seats here on the field. Getting or you more, could cheer them. Or you could yell at Tampa Bay Rays. Or you could yell at Josh Beckett, maybe. Why don't you yell point. at Luke Scott while you're at it? We'll get into Luke Scott, and you, as we get down here, we'll get a chance to win tickets here. We're live at the House of Blues. we got Bruins tickets later on. we got our other Red Sox ticket giveaway. And it is Red Sox opening day, right? And what to expect over there in a couple of hours when they start uh, getting these players introduced. We'll talk some baseball and some Red Sox next.